0: It's Friday, November 8th, 2019, 45 days since the House of Representatives launched its impeachment inquiry. And this is Impeachment Today. Good morning. I'm Hayes Brown, reporter and editor at BuzzFeed News. It's Friday. You made it. We made it. So after today, rest up, because next week we've got some potential game changers coming at us. On that note, today we're talking to Addie Baird about what to expect when open impeachment hearings begin on Wednesday. But before we get to that, let's catch up on what happened yesterday. George Kent was the latest official whose testimony House Democrats have made public. He's a Deputy Assistant Secretary of State for Europe and Eurasian Affairs. Kent told Congress in no uncertain terms that President Trump's demand that Ukraine, quote, initiate politically motivated prosecutions, as he put it, was damaging to U.S. support for the rule of law. He also focused on the, quote, campaign of lies that Rudy Giuliani ran, targeting a former U.S. ambassador to Ukraine. Kent is going to be one of the three officials scheduled to testify at public hearings next week. House investigators on Thursday spoke to one of the last officials that will testify behind closed doors, Jennifer Williams, a State Department employee, detailed to Vice President Mike Pence. They would still love to hear from one more person before the next phase begins. Acting Chief of Staff and current head of the Office of Management and Budget, Mick Mulvaney. Congress issued him a subpoena on Thursday night. He's probably going to say no. Also, it turns out President Zelensky of Ukraine was close to granting the favors that Trump asks of him during their July phone call. The New York Times reported on Thursday that Zelensky's government decided that getting U.S. military aid released to them was more pressing than the risk to Ukraine's bipartisan support in the U.S. The Times says Zelensky was ready to announce investigations into a company tied to Joe Biden's son and supposed Ukrainian interference in the 2016 U.S. election during a CNN interview. In the end, Zelensky was saved by a stroke of luck. After news of the hold leaked, Congress pushed the administration to lift the freeze. The aid was released just two days before the interview was scheduled to take place. So that was close. Finally, there's a new investigation into whether the White House broke the law in freezing that aid. Look out, folks. The Government Accountability Office is on the case. The GAO is the nonpartisan investigative arm of Congress. They're looking into whether holding $391 million of aid from Ukraine violated appropriations law. Mulvaney, in his role as head of the Office of Management and Budget, ordered the hold in July. He did so at the order of the president, several administration officials said in testimony to Congress. That money would have vanished if the hold hadn't been lifted by the end of the fiscal year, which was September 30th. The White House has insisted that everything was on the up and up as far as telling Congress about any changes in the aid, since it was eventually delivered. But officials have testified that the release of the money was dependent on Ukraine granting Trump's personal political requests. Now, can the GAO do much if the executive branch stonewalls them? Well, no. But it's nice that they're trying. And now, bearing in mind that this scale is logarithmic like how we measure earthquakes, we have today's reading from our nixometer. Well, I'm not a crook. On our scale of zero is a normal day in a normal White House, and 10 is President Richard M. Nixon resigning and flying away in Marine One. And this morning, we're at a 6.95. Look, a lot happened this week. I went back and listened to the last few episodes, and you really have to appreciate how quickly things are moving. We're not quite at a seven yet, but who knows? Time will tell. After the break, we're talking to Addie Baird about what to expect during the next stage of Impeachment March 2019. Stick around.
1: At Chief It, we're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love and support support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today
0: at SheFit.com 2022.
1: Gangster Chronicles podcast is a weekly conversation that revolves around the underworld. From criminals and entertainers to victims of crime and law enforcement, we cover all facets of the game. Gangster Chronicles podcast doesn't glorify or promote illicit activities. We just discuss the ramifications and repercussions of these activities. Because after all, if you play gangster games, you are ultimately rewarded with gangster prizes. Our Heart Radio is number one for podcasts, but don't take our word for it. Find the Gangsta Chronicles podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: All right, time for the segment we're calling This Fucking Thing, where we zoom in on one thing that's shaping the impeachment process. Today, we're going a bit meta because we're talking about the hearings that are going to begin next week. This is the first time since 1998 any of us have gone through this. So we have BuzzFeed News' congressional correspondent, Addie Baird, joining us from D.C. to give us the deets. Thank you for joining us, Addie.
1: Oh, it's so good to be here, Hayes.
0: So let's start with this. It's been a little over a month and a half of closed-door testimony. We're finally getting to hear people testify live. Are you excited?
1: Like, I'm so excited. I know I'm supposed to be, like, a jaded D.C. reporter, but I think this is going to be fascinating and historic, and I'm really looking forward to it.
0: Okay, so walk us through the process a little bit. So the witnesses show up on Capitol Hill, and then what?
1: So... Last week, the House passed a resolution that laid out what the next steps of their impeachment inquiry are going to look like, and that included laying out how public hearings are going to work. So right now, you have these closed-door depositions, like I'm sure your listeners know. And in those depositions, you have three committees. You've got Oversight, Foreign Affairs, and Intelligence. It is going to be all intelligence doing the public hearings, which is really interesting. This is really a kind of genius brain move by the Democrats because Trump's biggest defenders in Congress are not on Intel. They're on Oversight and Foreign Affairs. So this cuts out people like Jim Jordan. This cuts out Mark Meadows and Lee Zeldin, and you are just going to have the Intelligence Committee handling these public hearings. And it will be about 45 minutes for each side to ask questions of these witnesses. The witnesses are up to the Democratic side's decision, basically. Republicans can request certain people to come testify, but Democratic side has veto power.
0: Right. So I saw that Jim Jordan said that the Republicans are going to apparently request that the whistleblower be subpoenaed, but that's not going to happen. Once this all kicks off, though, we already know the names of several people who will be testifying next week. That includes Bill Taylor, currently the acting ambassador to Ukraine, George Kent, who's at the State Department, and Marie Ivanovich, who was the U.S. ambassador to Ukraine and was recalled. They all testified behind closed doors. We've seen their testimony now. So should we be expecting anything new from them?
1: No, we shouldn't necessarily be expecting anything new. But that's not quite the point of these public hearings. The idea is really to get the American public to see what congressional investigators have seen. And they are calling witnesses who they feel gave important, valuable, enlightening testimony. And they want them to give basically that same testimony, tell those same stories live on television for the American people.
0: That is going to be so fascinating to watch, especially since especially since I know that next Wednesday we have a twofer. We have Bill Taylor and George Kent speaking on the same day, on Wednesday. What's the timing of this supposed to look like? Are we expecting this to go, like, all day with the two of them? Or what is that going to look like? Do we know yet? So—
1: We know that they're going to start at 10 a.m. And I am not totally sure what to expect. If I was a betting woman, I would put money on these being very long days, especially when you have two different witnesses testifying. I think that, you know, the depositions behind closed doors, some of them have been about 10 hours long. I think that there's a good chance we could get public hearings that go for an entire day, you know, 10 to 6 or 10 to 7 p.m.
0: Well, I remember seeing in your piece laying out like how this process was working behind Behind closed doors as they were um, attempting to figure out how these hearings would work, that some members of the Democratic Party wanted these to be in prime time. So it sounds like they might get their wish just by nature of how long this will go.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I think that this idea to do it in prime time isn't actually feasible because like we're saying, these could be very long testimonies. So if you're starting at like 9 p.m., you've got like impeachment hearings in the middle of the night. But I absolutely think that we could see these going into the evenings when people are getting home, turning on their televisions. And what will be in prime time is all sorts of recaps of the day.
0: Okay. So who, in your opinion, is the most and least excited for this stage of the process?
1: It's really interesting. I would say Democrats are most excited. Republicans have been saying for weeks and weeks that the closed-door depositions are Soviet-style impeachment inquiry, that it's Adam Schiff's Chamber of Secrets, and that they've been really pushing <laughs> that is, What a terrible for,
0: Harry Potter oh, sequel that would be. Adam Schiff in the Chamber of Secrets. Do not want— <laughs>
1: But yes, I mean, the ways that they've described this are hilarious. They recently sent out an email saying that Schiff had been coronated the witch hunt king, which honestly sounds rad. But um, I say all of this because they've really been making a process argument that these need to be public hearings and that we need to have public transcripts, that, you know, that the closed door depositions are not proper So in theory, Republicans should also be very excited to move into the public stage. I think that because Democrats have veto power over witnesses, they will find all sorts of new process arguments and they're not going to be like, thank you so much. This is exactly what we wanted. And now we love impeachment.
0: (laughs) Is there any divide between how House and Senate Republicans seem to be feeling about this?
1: A little bit. You know, it's it's a little hard to say because the Senate trial wouldn't happen until the House officially impeaches President Trump. Senate Republicans are maybe a little bit more open or... In in some ways, they almost are able to just talk about it a little less. And, you know, you have Lindsey Graham really leading the charge that the way that House Democrats have handled the inquiry is improper. And a lot of Senate Republicans have echoed that argument. I think the three Senate Republicans to watch are Lisa Murkowski, Susan Collins, and Mitt Romney. They are the three who, if you were waiting for one or two Senate Republicans to potentially vote to impeach President Trump, it's going to be one of those three. any of them at all.
0: Right, but you need way more than that to actually remove yep. him from office is <laughs> yep. the thing. So, I don't know, what's what's your take? Is moving into open hearings going to be a game changer, or are people hyping this part of the process too much? I mean, can these hearings actually change any GOP senators' minds, in your opinion?
1: I don't know. It's really hard for me to, you know, I am from Utah, and my superpower is living in Mitt Romney's brain, but, um... <laughs> Really, it's not. You know, I can't get into their minds. What I will say is that it has been very, very important to the Democratic Party for the American public to be on their side as they move forward with this impeachment inquiry. I think it is less about convincing Republicans in Congress and more about just convincing the American people that what they're doing is right and that I think it could be a game changer. You know, you and I spend all day every day thinking about this. My family doesn't. You know, my friends even in New York don't. And so I think that it's going to be an opportunity to really bring the public into this process and help them understand what we're seeing every day.
0: All right, Addie, thank you so much for helping unpack that. Before we let you go, though, you know what time it is. It is time for the kicker where we ask our guest to bring in a tweet, a quote, a something that really sums up to them where we are in this moment. So, okay, Addy, what do you got this time?
1: So earlier this week, Donald Trump Jr. tweeted out the name of someone that the right wing believes is the whistleblower. There's no evidence of that, but yesterday, Trump Jr. and his girlfriend, Kimberly Guilfoyle, were on The View, and his girlfriend got asked if she had advised him against outing the alleged whistleblower, and she said she was in the bathroom, and then said this. Uh, I didn't lower.
0: advise him that it was a federal crime, but I did come out of the bathroom and say I left you alone for ten minutes. What happened when Mama sees this gun? Oh, yeah. that's so much cringe, <laughs> Addie, I'm, I'm impressed and horrified that you brought this to us today. Thank you so Literally, much.
1: Literally, what else was I gonna bring? Uh,
0: <laughs> best option, Addie, I appreciate you. I appreciate this. Thank you so much for taking the time today to do this.
1: Thank you, Hayes. It was a pleasure.
0: Okay, at the risk of repeating myself, it's been a hell of a week. So to paraphrase a poet of our age, Friday, Friday, got to recap on Friday. Okay, real quick. Here's what happened this week. One, House Democrats published six transcripts of the closed-door testimony they've taken so far. Together, the current and former administration officials painted a clear picture of an unofficial team advancing Trump's personal interests in Ukraine with Rudy Giuliani as its leader. Two, A key witness said, yes, there was a quid pro quo. U.S. Ambassador to the EU, Gordon Sondland, entered a revision to his testimony. Sondland now says that he had told Ukrainians that the release of military aid depended on the president of Ukraine announcing two investigations that would benefit Trump politically. Three. A close associate of Rudy Giuliani's now says that he is willing to work with the impeachment inquiry. Lev Parnas, who helped connect Giuliani with several prominent people in Ukraine, was arrested in New York last month for alleged campaign finance violations. He said he was willing to work with Congress after Trump declared he didn't know Parnas. Four the president wanted the attorney general to declare his Ukraine call crime-free. Attorney General Bill Barr did not go through with the press conference Trump wanted to Trump's reported disappointment. The president launched a tirade against the Washington Post for publishing the story. Five, Republicans insisted the whistleblower's name be revealed. The whistleblower was granted anonymity under federal law to keep him safe from retaliation. But Senator Rand Paul and President Trump alike have said the person's name has to come out. Donald Trump Jr. went as far as to tweet out who he thinks the whistleblower is. (sighs) Okay, yeah, it's been a real intense one. So if you'd managed to forget some of this happened, you're not alone, I promise. Okay, that's all for this week. Be sure to come back Monday as we learn more and impeachment really ripens. I already regret that phrasing. Also, we want to keep hearing from y'all. This week, you've been sending us the things about impeachment that leave you confused, and we've loved your responses. So keep on sharing. What are your questions? What doesn't make sense? Please, open the Voice Memo app on your phone, tell us your question, and email it to impeachment at buzzfeed.com. We'll be including some of your responses on a future episode. So tell us your name and where you are in the world. Impeachment Today is a joint production between BuzzFeed News and iHeartRadio, with new episodes dropping every weekday morning. Our show is produced by Dan Bauza, Alan Haberchak, and Jacopo Penzo, with editorial assistance from Tom Guerra and Jessica Weisberg. Editing by Josh Fisher and Ryan Kailoth, Julian Weller is our supervising producer. Special thanks to Mangash Hatikador, Nikki Itor, Samantha Hinnick, Maggie Schultz, and Ben Smith. Be sure to subscribe to Impeachment Today on the iHeartRadio app or Apple Podcasts. If you could toss us a rating and review, we'd be happier than a congressperson in front of a camera. Also, tell your friends about the show, as we all figure this out together.
1: Socks are the number one most requested item at homeless shelters. Underwear second, and shirts are third. At Bombas, socks were first, made with comfortable details for everyday wearing. Then underwear, and shirts too all designed to perfectly fit. At Bombas, every item you purchase means you're donating an essential clothing item to someone in need. One comfortable clothing item for you, one donated to someone in need. Bombas, comfort for all. Get 20% off your purchase at bombas.com comfy.
0: What's up, what's up? This is Robin Dixon, co-host of Reasonably Shady, which has just been nominated for an NAACP Image Award in the Outstanding Arts and Entertainment Podcast category. This is so big for Giselle and I. And of course, we must thank all of our fantastic listeners. But we need your help. Visit vote.naacpimageawards.net to vote for Reasonably Shady. That's vote.naacpimageawards.net. But don't wait. Voting closes on February 5th at 9 p.m. Eastern. And make sure to listen to Reasonably Shady every single Monday on the Black Effect Podcast Network